I'm just going to talk a little bit about the practice. You can stay with your eyes closed if you want. I just want to give, give some framing. Going deeper into our loving-kindness practice, there are really two ways that it gets more powerful. One is that it actually deepens in your ability to really go into a stream of loving-kindness for yourself or with another being. And the other is that it broadens so that more and more beings are um, on the receiving end of our loving-kindness. And so this morning, I'm going to open up to a topic beyond uh, the easy category and going out broader into the realm of neutral, people we don't know very well and don't have a strong for or against in our minds, and then going out to another category where we start practicing loving kindness for difficult people. I recommend that you start with the easy, difficult people. (laughs) Just so you learn and you show yourself, uh, you prove to yourself that the contractions of resentment or defensiveness, holding resentments, um, preparing future arguments, that's wearing. uh, And that there might be another way that you can feel safe and you can tackle disagreements or approach different disagreements without having to hold hatred and irritation with somebody. So that's why you, you learn that with the easy, difficult people, and then you, your heart learns and it can go into difficult, difficult people. So <clears throat> and this is about broadening so that more and more people, and finally all beings, end up being um, where we can hold all beings with loving kindness, authentic loving kindness. But as we go into the difficult people, you'll notice that it brings up stuff. So it's probably the entryway in feels a little bit more like purification. And so you're, you're welcoming that to kind of comb out the kinks or the burrs or the, the sore places in your heart. You can visit that just to explore it and you can stay with it if it's interesting if your heart feels like it's learning something and there's a forgiveness cycle and an understanding cycle, you can also just visit it and then put it aside if you want and come back to practicing loving kindness for yourself and for the easy category to let your heart um, further develop its own um, easy loving stream. And that would be more um, supportive developing concentration and samadhi. There's less turbulence where it's easy. And you can expand later. At some point, all hearts end up doing this. We end up expanding broadly and deeply. So it doesn't really matter which one you're drawn to. You get to make that uh, choice. But for this guided meditation, um, I'm going to guide it so that we at least visit some difficult people, but We'll kind of approach it slowly, starting again where it's easy. So finding a posture that allows your body to be at ease as much as is possible in these conditions. And 
You find that balance between relaxation that brings on this sukha factor of ease and also upright, lifting yourself up from within and relaxed and upright. And feeling your body, feeling your breath. Welcome yourself intimately, the flow of present time experiences. Begin practicing, orienting your heart, aiming and sustaining your attention where it's easy to enter loving kindness. That may be for yourself, or it may be a few cherished beings that you've discovered. Allow your heart, invite your heart to relax, be open, be warm, be steady. And bring up the phrases, the ones that work for you. See if you can let go fully into the practice, relax into it, surrender into it. Even if just for moments, letting go of all else, let the heart be focused and sincere.
And if you haven't already, I invite you to practice loving kindness for yourself. See what it's like to give yourself gently over, opening your heart fully, relaxed, loving kindness towards yourself.
And as Bonnie described yesterday, I invite you to consider a neutral person, someone you don't know that well. You can still bring their image to mind. Could be someone in this circle someone in your pattern of life, any face you can bring to mind that you don't have a big story for or against. See, you can stabilize loving kindness and warmth in considering them with the phrases.
Now I invite you to experiment with bringing to heart a good friend that you're having an argument with, or a good friend you did have an argument with, if you can remember that time. This is the easy, difficult category. You already know you love them, but there's a challenge. Can you look below the argument and still care for them? Can you acknowledge the argument and put it aside make sure you haven't lost love and respect. Can there be something unresolved and yet you still wish them happiness and peace, health and strength? You still wish them well, even though there's a disagreement, a conflict, something painful arising in the relationship. If you ever get overwhelmed in this exploration, you can always let it go for the moment. Go back to where it's easy to reconnect to loving kindness and expand again later. But when the timing's right, connecting to the heart, connecting the heart where there's difficulty can be relieving. You can recover respect, kindness, friendliness. That's why I start with the easy, difficult category. 
feel into it with our hearts. And then at some point, letting yourself come back to where it's easy, regrouping, relaxing, dispelling any 
irritation, frustration, fatigue. Inviting yourself back. Loving kindness for yourself, for a dear one.
any questions or observations about your practice? So um, pretty quickly, the neutral person is no longer neutral. So do you you switch to a new neutral person? Um, no, you can stay with that neutral person and delight in the fact that uh, your heart is in a, in a generous phase. And that, that tends to be true. Whether, wherever there's intimacy, there tends not to be neutrality. So I would enjoy the fact that you pick somebody randomly out of the air and they, uh, they were a beautiful source of your kindness. That's actually common that that can happen, and then the heart can get tired again, and neutral people can be harder to access, but if they are easy to access, you can stay with them and enjoy that. I have two questions about the difficult person. Mm -hmm. No longer really difficult, because you really feel so much compassion Mm -hmm. toward that person, why they are that way. And so it just totally melted, so it's not difficult anymore. Yeah, beautiful. Is it? Yeah, and that <clears throat> using a compassion phrase might be helpful mm-hmm. when you feel just how difficult it is and the strain and the struggle, and there might be a forgiveness that awakens an understanding. So if it's an easy, difficult person, then you can learn that lesson. Um, I was challenging myself on this one to work with a difficult, difficult person. <laughs> and my mind kind of hardened a little bit because I'm so right. <laughs> and then <clears throat> softened around that, I realized I just had eclipsed so much of who they actually are around wanting to feel protected in my rightness. So then that did open and there was more compassion that uh, he and I had lost our yeah. Our, we've unfriended each other on Facebook. <laughs> I think there's Joseph used to time say, for repair. Choose happiness or be yeah. right or happiness. Yeah, be right or happiness. Choose happiness. <laughs> okay, second question is about last night Dharma talk. Hmm. How uh, pity is different from rapture? Because yesterday, whole day, I was feeling, you know, I don't know that was rapture or pity. Yeah, well, uh, rapture is one way that PT is translated. So some, some texts will use rapture. And so all the, a, lot of the, a lot of the weird stuff in meditation um, tends to be PT. So <clears throat> kind of the, the floatiness, the you know, hearing like beautiful music and you look around, where's that coming from? It's, oh, it's my mind is producing it. Or 
lights that can arise inside or floatiness or elation, anything that's sort of uplifting energy that rises from within, um, that's the category of PT. It's kind of a broad energetic category. So some people do feel it as very pleasant and so it will take on words like rapture. But you can have PT that's not, I don't like to use the word rapture because some PT isn't pleasant, it's energetic, but it's so stirring that it starts to be a little bit uncomfortable. So, so after dinner, I just came back. I didn't want to go back to the room. Mm-hmm. I want to continue to practice. So I just did the walking meditation, just just to cool down. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, beautiful. And often when PT is excessive, one of the recommendations is to do something that settles and broadens. So something like walking, opening up your eyes just to get a little more room so you're not carrying all that PT in a small container. Um, I had an open-ended question about eating meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, Spring led a, a guided meditation on the four elements in the body two days ago. And I was just wondering if you could talk about how we could use a little bit more discernment on um, what we eat and the way we eat to bring more balance in the four elements and uh, the nervous system for meditation. And that gets a little bit into what might be called a yogic diet. So we're all yogis here. Uh, In the old Indian word, we're all students, we're all practitioners. And so it's something that you might, uh, everybody's different um, in what foods settle you, energize you, and to look at certain foods that you're craving them, but they actually don't work well for your system. So then that's one angle to tune into. And then another is a gratitude that um, this body is, re- is of the earth. This body is related to the earth. It's not separate or distinct. And so air and food and water, those are ways that we are, um, we are of the earth. So that might be another reflection. I'm not totally sure I, I put the pin in your question or, or response to your question. Those are two reflections to um, feel united with the earth through what you drink, breathe, and eat. And then to make sure that what you're eating is actually supportive. So be careful about eating too much because it will bring on fatigue. Um, And see if you can go for quality fuel. Um, Just better, plays out better over time than just letting craving make the choices. You can pass it right next to you, Sam. The um, meditation we just did, it was awful for me. <laughs> it was really, I just didn't enjoy like about 99% of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I consider myself a pretty happy person, and I have, you know, I think a, a lifelong habit of being around good, healthy people, and I can kind of count on on maybe two hands the people who are kind of toxic in my life or I have learned to stay clear of 
or minimize my contact. So when I put the easy, difficult person, I guess the habit of not wanting to like him is so strong and so comforting. Like, I actually find comfort in not liking this person. I don't want to like him. I have developed mechanisms not to like him, so I stay clear and then I can go on with my life. So how do I break, I feel like I have to break the habit before I can embrace the person. Mm-hmm. And maybe they are combined, I'm sure somewhere out there in the universe they are, and I haven't tapped into that. So I can't even think about the difficult, difficult person. Like That's like light years away, or maybe tomorrow. <laughs> I'm never afraid for a challenge but um, boy it did not suit well with me Mm -hmm. maybe you have some advice or maybe that's just an observation yeah I I do and it would be good good advice for everybody Um, you can't force the heart to be open it just it, it has patterns in it defensive patterns and so we're inviting the heart to be open if it doesn't want to open, it's not so good to bang on the door because then it, gets, it, get, it will push back. So a um, couple things. You, can, <clears throat> you don't have to do the difficult person because what will happen over time is that the heart strengthens and heals and feels intrinsically well and safe as that gets more intrinsic, more embodied. Then when you go to consider difficult people, you actually feel the pain in your system and it's giving you something now for safety, but it's also costing something in being, I can't deal with you, I don't want to deal with you, oh damn, here they come, what do I do? All those navigating strategies are actually stressful, but they're trying to also manage something that's stressful. As the heart gets stronger, we learn that we have other options, but it takes some strength of heart to be able to feel into whatever the difficulty is. So I wouldn't force it. Um, Just keep developing your heart where it's easier. And then there will come a time when it's very natural for your heart to go into the realm of difficult people. It took me years to authentically, I would touch difficult people and I'd just get burned. It would just hurt. And so I would do it as an exercise, but it wouldn't really work. It just took a while for me to clean out strategies of defensiveness so that when I went there's likely something that there's something below the defensiveness that you don't want to feel that all of us don't want to feel and so the defensive strategies are protection to feel something even deeper and that's often there's a strong resistance and it means I'm not ready to feel what's behind it so whatever that is, that's what we're trying to build our capacity to breathe with whatever is actually being triggered that the defensiveness is protecting us from. So sometimes if you feel into it, you can feel into what's below the contraction around the difficult people. If you can feel into that and breathe into that and soothe that, you don't need as much of the secondary defenses because you can actually, you've, you've felt through whatever the primary thing being triggered is. Is there in the, one in the back? 
This will be the last one in the back. So my, my question is um, similar to the last question in a way. My easy, difficult, I'm too easy, difficult people. And I don't have any problem sending metta and really feeling it and feeling love and wanting that. I just don't want to be with them, really, physically or digitally or any other way. <laughs> and it doesn't feel right for me. It doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel helpful. It doesn't feel healthy. And so I have, I'd like your comments on that. Yeah, that's fine. It's <clears throat> so the idea isn't that you end up the best friends with everybody. So there's, there's discernment. And there are some people where it's just not healthy. Um, but you don't, have to, um, you don't have to use hate or contraction to protect yourself. Spring and I used to live in a, in a house in the mission. And uh, right next to the house in San Francisco was this um, pit bull dog that was like two times bigger than a normal pit bull. It's actually another breed. <laughs> <clears throat> and there was a big fence between us and the pit bull. And I love dogs. And for five years, I tried to love this dog. And it would, it would go at me. It would almost bite the fence. It was so frustrated. It couldn't tear me apart. And I was like, I love you. And thank God there's a fence here. <laughs> Because you're not navigating well, dog. <laughs> and I don't seem to be getting through to you. So as long as this is the case, you have to be behind that fence. And, and this, is it. this is as much as we can do. And then there are other people, it's like, yeah, we just don't get to, I'm not going to seek you out. I'm actually going to put some distance because it's really dysfunctional. And I might, it, it might be the dysfunction, dysfunction might be on my end, might be in their end, might be in the relational channel. But um, boundaries are, are healthy, but the boundaries don't have to be made of hatred, of resentment, of rehearsing rightness, or in order to just like, yeah, I love you, and please be far away. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. And then when they can't be far away, and you have to be in proximity with people, it's just good that you don't have tools of contraction that you actually can find other ways to navigate difficult experiences and that they don't toxify the heart. Thank you. Yeah. So we have the day ahead of us. <clears throat> You're, um, you have a lot to experiment with, a lot to play with. So you can do the broadening um, practice where you do yourself easy people and then visit neutral people and explore difficult people. Or you can take what's easy and just keep dropping deeper into that. And both are beautiful expansions of loving-kindness practice. And you get to do that. I want to say just a bit about the walking in other parts of the day. Um, I was taught by one of my teachers, Kamala Masters, um, gentle, small contracts of attention. So when I'm standing, when I'm doing walking, I stand and I kind of get my intention clear. And I say, for the next 20 steps, I'm gonna really try not to have my mind wander. So let's see if I can do this whole row with loyalty and steadiness and commitment and not blase commitment. Oh yeah, they say it's fine if my mind wanders. It really is. 
But even though it's fine if your mind wanders, <clears throat> can, you, can you summon up the right type of dedication so that these 20 steps are done with intention? Then you get to the end of the row, dust off your, your um, losses and gains and whatever it was, turn around and then recommit. And you're really recommitting the sacredness of your heart to that whole row. And it could be that 20 steps is too big a commitment. And say, it's actually gonna be, it, I'm gonna make a long commitment, all 20 steps. But I'm gonna see if I can do three or five steps and not have my mind radically wander. And then I'm gonna give myself a little recommitment. And these are light commitments. You don't wanna like harden your mind with some type of hard vow. But just remember that all your time here is sacred. All your moments of life are sacred. And so you're learning to have a commitment to sacredness in these little tiny contracts. And it helps with the developing the five jhana factors, the five samadhi factors, to have that steadiness, that intention. It's good to stay relaxed, enjoy it, enjoy each step. But then do these small commitments. You can also, when you're going down for lunch, you can say, okay, I've been up here, now all the way to the dorm hall. And it's a huge journey. Oh my God, <laughs> probably like 200 steps. Can I actually make that whole journey of one of loving kindness and all the way down the hill? Can I <clears throat> be in the dining hall and take three bites with gratitude? Can I take, you know, three or four minutes with gratitude? <clears throat> so be your own kind of, recover your, your intention, recover your vow. And do it gently, but all day long. Keep recovering it, renewing it. So you have this delight inside, this contentment, and this intention to be present. See what a day is like when you do that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.